And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Ben, 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 ben. Are you speaking from the inside of an electric razor? <laughs> yeah. Luke, I am your father. The X at 105.9. Joining me now from DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Serbian Reactionary Day on Kovacevic. Uh, day on, is there a goat when you look at the Penguins losing to the Capitals, or did fatigue and playing a good team a bunch of years in a row in the playoffs did all that finally add up? Well, if you're looking for a goat in the current vernacular, meaning, you know, goat greatest of all time, I mean, it's Braden Holtby. I mean, he was the real villain, if you will, in the series. Uh, the Penguins saw that, sensed it, I think, early on. Eventually, he reached a point where he was so good that he began discouraging them from taking shots, which is never a good place to be in the playoffs or otherwise. Is there a goat on the other end? You know, I know everyone wants Chris Letang to be that, and he's not. That's just not understanding hockey. It's not understanding everything that he contributed, other than you know a really bad third period in Game Five. Well, he made a very visible mistake, yep. and and some people were ready to blame him because, by his own admission, he was up and down this year. It was a bit of a roller coaster, but that's because it took him a lot longer to recover from very severe neck surgery than he yep. anticipated. A collective goat, if you will, is the complete. And ridiculous lack of secondary scoring. Uh, Matt Murray wasn't at his best either. But well, the- not even just secondary scoring. Everybody but uh, but Crosby, Gensel, and uh, well, Crosby Horn- and Gensel. Period. Well, no, nobody else produced like they should. Well, Hornquist had five goals in the playoffs, and he gave. Uh, that's pretty that good. Good had. call. Uh, and he made every line he was on better. And I thought that you know if, it's a shame there weren't two if, of them. If Genny Malkin, you know, he had the injury, which obviously held. Oh him no, back. nobody's blaming okay. Malkin, or for that matter, Kessel. Although I find it odd today that uh, Sullivan pointedly said that an injury wasn't the problem with Kessel. Right. Well, he said that during the playoffs too. Remember, he said he's not any more banged up than anybody else. Yeah, but during else the is. playoffs, you lie. Right. And this wasn't. And I, look, I'm not going to. It seemed to kind of put the heat on Kessel, didn't it? It did. And everyone likes a single goat. I know that. That's the feedback that I get on the website, too. But I just look at this and I see, you know who never gets mentioned at all? Brian Rust having no points in the second series. Does well, that ever come up? That brings me to my next question. What has to be done in the offseason? And has anybody, especially up front, hit his expiration date or is poised to be crowded out by a Sprong or Zach Aston Reese? No, I think, I think you might have seen the last of Connor Sheary, and I say that with respect. I, I think that he's accomplished a lot in his career for being you know, a, a little guy. Yeah, but he just faded here. He might need a new start. Now they have somebody better, like Sprong or Aston Reese. And there's going to be a team out there that will just look at his point totals and not necessarily the fact that he hasn't created a lot of his own offense and say, okay, we're just going to go this direction. Well, and a get team him as a team where he has to play player. top six. Yep. Like, like there are a lot of teams where he would have to play top six because nobody scores, and they will live with his shortcomings if he gets 18 goals. So to speak. Just saying. <laughs> I thought I'd catch you off a guard on that one. short joke without me even knowing it. Uh, the, you know, I, I'll say this. I think that... Well, what about training Rust? Well, I think that Jim Rutherford in general, and this addresses that, has looked at this roster over the course of the season and wanted to have more size on the wings. He hasn't wanted to get pushed around, knocked around, and bruised. And that's one of the things that happens in playoffs. Guys get banged up. Uh, The Penguins are very fortunate that Jake Gensel didn't. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to put up his big numbers. So I think you're going to see Rutherford look to the wings more than any other area and see if maybe he can get bigger, but without sacrificing Sullivan's yeah, mandate but, but, for but speed. There, but there's not much room at wing. They they have like Dejan, I had a list here earlier. Mm-hmm. 
they have like like seven forwards that they have to keep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then you got Reese and and and, and uh, Sprong who are going to move in. Yep. Then you got guys below the line like Coon Hockle and uh, and Carl Hagelin, who people are talking about trade, but I like the way he sets the pace on the forecheck. I mean, but you want to pay Hagelin to be a fourth liner. I, I mean, there, there's just so many variables, uh, some hockey, some cap related, and there's there's like basically right now. 12 pounds of sugar for a 10-pound yeah, bag. There, there is, Mark, but I, I think at the same time, and what nobody wants to hear after a playoff loss is that they don't need to make, really, I don't think, a significant move. I think they need to make a couple oh, of moves. I, I don't either, but but, the, but, there, but there's going to be a trickle-down <clears throat> that may eliminate guys who have been here for a bit and won a couple cups. The most powerful move, the strongest move that the Penguins can make in the offseason is doing absolutely everything within their power to make sure that Aston Reese and Sprong are in camp and ready to go. And I mean that in every sense of the term. If that means sending their development people to wherever it is that Sprong is, if it's back in the Netherlands or in Canada, whatever, and working with him and making sure that he understands what's expected yeah, but, of him. Yeah, but shouldn't a professional hockey player be able to grasp that on his own? What's the point of that? You, it's, up, it's up to the Penguins to make sure. I disagree. I think it's up to a responsible adult to make sure he's ready to do his job. The best move. And if you don't they, trust Daniel Sprong to do that, maybe he shouldn't be here in the first place. If we're going to praise the Penguins for the development of other younger players along the way. They like didn't have to hold their hands Rust, like you're suggesting for Sprong. That's fine. Everybody's different. Rust, Sheary, these guys who came up, Kuhn Hackle. Kuhn Hackle was a, just a created player out of development. He shouldn't ever even have made it above the AHL level with his skating. But he did because they really, really worked with him. All I'm saying is work with these guys. If they come into camp and they're ready to contribute at the NHL level right away, then you've made your moves. Well, I think they need to be ready, and I think they need yep. to get that chance. Absolutely. If it's even borderline. Uh, I assume you would not even consider trading Latang. Oh. Okay, well, let's Neither not... will they, by the way. Let's I, make sure that's on the record. I know that, but okay. let's not discuss it then. Now, is Broussard a third-line center or a top-six wing on this team? He is a third-line center on this team, but he has to be, he, first of all, you mentioned them not having, you know, Kessel's back as far as injuries go today. They did with Broussard, and they worded it very strongly. They felt that he wasn't able to get the acceleration that he needed. Groin injuries don't go away quickly in hockey. And well, they the affect, people out there wouldn't understand that because they don't have groins. They affect everything that you do on the ice. Every push, every stop and start. The way Broussard was swinging wide and going all the way around the perimeter, that's because of the groin injury, he wasn't able to play in a straight line. That's what they need from him. They need from him for him to get more engaged, more involved, and in play in a straight line. And he's going to be an impact third line center. We're talking today, Jean Kovacevic, brought to you by Walnut Grill. Uh, now, tactically, there's a couple things I would like to see change. I'd like to see pinching by the D not done by rote. I'd like to see it be more discerning. By what? By rote. Just do it automatically. I never heard that word in my life. Well, look it up. You're a writer. You should do better. <laughs> you probably should. Uh, I don't want to see them pinch all the time. How's that? I don't want to see them. the defenseman join the rush every single time. I want to play scoring situation and evaluate how the opponent counters it a bit better. I don't blame Sully for not having done the things I'm suggesting in the past because it worked. It worked. But yep. it didn't against Washington. They saw all that I mentioned. They saw it coming. And everything that happened in the Washington series is now, as the football people like to say, on tape. And you're going to see, I don't know necessarily, Western Conference opponents that see the Penguins twice a year 
do that, but you are going to see everybody in the Metro doing it. You're going to see everybody in the Eastern Conference doing it whenever they face the Penguins because they feel like, and this is very much to the credit of Barry Trotz, uh, who's been a great defensive coach over the course of his career, uh, that he came up with this. They're going to look at what he did and say, okay, that's a solution for it. Uh, the Penguins weren't themselves when they had to handcuff their defensemen even a little bit. Uh, what do you do with Matt Hunwick? What are you going to do? You got to, He's got two more years and two well, I mean, do you play him? Five. I, I don't know, Mark. I mean, he's got to play better. You can't just play him because you signed him. And you maybe, know maybe, you can't maybe. trade him. See, I would have used him instead of Ruedel in the playoffs. Why do you say things like Ruedel's that? Because Ruedel's not very good. Get off of that hill, man. He was really good in this series. You're insane. I'm not insane. You don't know what rote means. You don't know what you're watching Who, when it comes to Chad Ruedel. Which team had by far the fewest shots on goal allowed in the playoffs? Penguins by a margin of three and a half over the Bruins. That is to the credit of all six of those guys, I think, obviously to the forwards as I well. I think Hunwick's a better player than Chad Ruedel. He, he can no, I know you got the righty-lefty thing going there. better. He might have the righty-lefty. No, he doesn't have the righty-lefty thing going for him. Uh, I could see going into camp and giving him an equal chance with Ruedel and making that known in advance. I got a better idea. Hmm. Get somebody better than both of them. Well, and make Jamie Alexiak your number six, and make Hunwick your seven, and Rue Weedle your eight. For anybody who doesn't know, the, the cap is supposed to go up. That hasn't been officially declared yet, but it's supposed to go up at a record amount over $6 million for next year. Um, the Penguins are, Trade in Rust a, and Sherry for that guy. are in a position to add, but I think you got to do that at the wings. I really do. No, but do that at the wings? you got a million wings. It does, what's quantity count for? Who scored out of those million? You got Kessel, Gensel. Hornquist, Gensel, Zach Aston, Reese, Sprong, Haglin, Rust, Sherry, Kuhnhockel, Simone, who they're in love with, by the way. And in fairness, his was one of the injuries that came out because I know he took a lot of heat uh, as well, that he was actually playing with a fractured thumb. Scored four goals in 41 games or whatever it was. I'm not suggesting that he's the answer. He's rotten. All I'm saying is that out of a handful of those guys that you just listed – didn't do anything in these playoffs and are undersized. They don't need a wing. They need defensemen. They can replace um, wings. Rother, uh, by the way, what do you think of the defense core in general? Because like you said, they didn't have a lot of shots in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I thought Brian Dumoulin was excellent. Wow. I thought Ole Mata was not far behind. Yeah, they were They were both right up there. And I'll tell you what, and I think this is a mistake that Sullivan made early in the playoffs uh, and then kind of acknowledged it late, was he should have used Jamie Alexiak more. Uh, Alexiak had a couple of hiccups in the Flyer series and then had his minutes cut. Latang started going to 27, 28 minutes. Alexiak was down to eight or nine. That was never a good idea. Well, the one thing I would like to see with Latang is I'd like to see him simplify his game at 31 years old. Yeah, that ain't just, happening. Just, oh, I, I think it might. Because one thing that happens, there were a couple games this year where he concentrated primarily on defense, including a couple playoff games, especially the third period of game four yep. against Washington. Yep. When he just plays defense... The jumping in, the offensive chances, all that stuff, it comes organically. It's still there, but when he concentrates on defense, he more carefully picks his and spots. And you and I know this. When we talk to him, he will say the same thing. He'll he'll echo every syllable you just said, but he'll also lose his mind on occasion. It's part of who he is out there. Um, I say that not really that much as a criticism because when he's all over the rink is usually when he's at his best. It's just not really necessarily appreciated. Uh, I do think that if the Penguins were to modify or to talk about internally about the 
cutting down of the pinching and the joining of the attack, then what you're talking about could dovetail with it. Yes, and I I think that's what they should do and what what Tang should do. But on that note, Mark, seriously, think about this, too. We saw Dumoulin when he was in deep, and he was tremendous, like you were saying. Can't score, though. I, I, but it doesn't matter when you're yeah, pinching. Kind of matters. Eh, not really. When you're pinching, you're you're more than anything. You're looking just to keep the attack alive. I mean, that's ninety nine percent of what you're doing down there. No, no, Dumo was great, and, and he was and, great at and it. And if they tell him to pinch, he should pinch. But should they be separated? That's what I'm asking. No, no. Why? Because they're 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 the modern day equivalent in today's hockey of a shutdown pair. Okay. And also, Latang is incredibly comfortable with Dumo, and that counts for a lot. I'd be open to it. Letang that's all I'm saying. Antsy. When he doesn't trust his partner, mm-hmm. actually, that goes for a few. That is on, on very that true of Latang. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Rutherford said Sprong will be a regular next year. I didn't hear Sullivan say that. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with Sprong? Where does he fit in? First of all, I think Rutherford is saying that in the same spirit that he told everybody that Derek Pouliot's going to be in the top six. Uh, Rutherford is going to at least entertain trade offers for Sprong. I don't think that's. There's any question about that? Yep, you might be right. That's a good. That's and a good interpretation. I think that one way that, and this is very much a Jim mo, is he'll he'll talk to people like me and you, and he'll he'll tell you, hey, this guy is just fabulous, and this guy is great. He did that with Pouliot for two years, and it, he ended up getting something for him from Vancouver. Um, it, it's now a situation where I think the Penguins do have to get Sprong in there, but at the same time, they have to do it in a way where he doesn't feel entitled. He has to go through a camp. Uh, where he has to feel like he's got to win a job. And that, I think, more than anything, is why you're not going to hear that same sentiment from Sullivan. What about Haglin? Where's he fit in? I think he fits in anywhere, and I think that's why you keep him. Well, you see, I like him as a as a PK guy, mm-hmm. and he sets the tone, sets the pace with the forecheck, but he might wind up on the fourth line. It is that matter. good or bad? It, it's, it's good because what ends up happening with Haglin is he still brings you that speed, he still puts the pressure on, but... And this is why I said he fits in on any line. If someone goes down on your top two lines, he slots right in, Mark. I mean, you didn't necessarily want him with Sid, but he's been a really good fit with Gino oh, no, no. He and, would, and he Hornquist. Would, he would be like a latter-day Cullen. Like, he's on the fourth line, yeah. but when anybody gets hurt, he can jump up. And you love to have guys like that over an 82-game season and in the playoffs. It worries me that Sully now might trust veterans too much. Why do you say that? Because of what they've done. I don't know. I just, just I mean, he's really stuck by Aston Reese, Mark, so I don't know why you'd say that's that. That's true, but I thought Aston Reese could have been a bit further up the depth chart as well. He could have, uh, and at the same but he came back from that injury and he wasn't himself. The way that trajectory that Aston Reese was on before getting hurt in the regular season, he would have been something in the playoffs. How long will the Pirates stay in the race? You know, as long as they keep winning by four run rallies late and they keep playing teams with nine victories like the White Sox did. Right, that, that's a good point. I, in fairness, look, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You Give them credit, man. You know four-run rally is a four-run rally. You know how you rally. finish 500 hmm. in baseball? You beat, beat who you should beat. Beat who you should beat. Take the series that you should take. And the Pirates consistently have done that, I think, since the beginning of this season. To their Are you credit. going to the Kutch game Friday? I'll absolutely be there right in the column. Does Kutch like you? I mean, like me? I don't think he does. a professional thing. Why do you say that? He does. I just don't think he does. I don't know why you're bringing this up. That's what I hear. Uh, It's not true at all. That's Dejan Kovacevic. I'm Mark Madden, (laughs) 105.9 The X.